Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. I just want to just speak to you just for a few minutes, really, um, about this whole thing about coming to Jesus and, and, um, and when he talks about, come to me. Um, and there was a really... When I became a Christian, there were some verses I quickly fell in love with in the Bible. Um, and there was one that I was really drawn to as a young Christian, but I must admit I fell out of love with this verse pretty quickly. Um, and the verse is going to come up on the screen for you, and it's Matthew eleven twenty-eight, and it says, um, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Now, I've heard countless talks and sermons and expositions and whatever nice theological word you want to put around this about what this verse is all about. People have quoted it to me. They've prayed it over me when I've been feeling overwhelmed or worn out or weighed down by what's going on in my world. But um, I fell out of love with it because it didn't quite seem to work for me. Um, Anybody been there? Um, when, when you've had a verse and you just think, oh, it, it, just, it just doesn't seem to work for you. And it, it wasn't that I didn't believe it. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't that I didn't believe it. I just didn't know how to access the truth of it. I didn't know how to access the truth of, of it. And, um, and so at periods in my life, this verse has become really, really important to me. And it, it came again a few months ago and I found myself in a place where I was Felt I've got too much on my plate. Have you ever felt like that when you've got so much? No, no, Erin. You've got too much going on. You don't know how you're going to get it all in, but you know you've got to get it done because everything is important. There's nothing you can drop. Ever been in those times where everything has an importance and everything, everybody can give a good reason why you should be doing something or you should be saying yes to something. And, and I was at a time like that and I felt I've got too much on my plate and I'd had some setbacks and a few disappointments and I was, I was feeling pretty exhausted, really, if I'm really honest with you. And if there was a tick box for this verse, I would definitely be being weary and I definitely would have felt heavy laden. And then um, I was on holiday recently. I was fortunate enough to go on holiday. And he said fortunate enough to go on holiday with Russ then, but that would have sounded really bad, wouldn't it? He's always lovely to go on holiday with you, honey. Um, but <laughs> But we were on holiday, and I had a bit of a revelation about this, about this verse, really. And, um, and Russ and I decided one day that we were going to um, walk to the Golden Gate Bridge, not from Halzo Inn. We were in America. <laughs> we didn't wait for one and go, oh, let's walk thousands of miles. Um, and, and that's not a problem, you might say. And from our hotel, it was probably about, what, three or four miles, maybe, um, from our hotel to, to the bridge. And we were walking quite a, a bit when we were away, so that wasn't a problem for us. And so we had our breakfast, and we set off, and... Um, and there was somewhere I wanted to show Russ on the way, so we did a detour, a detour about, which the detour was a couple of miles out of our way, and when we got there, it was shut. I was so gutted. It was, it was like, well, this is where it should be, um, but we obviously aren't going to be seeing that. And um, So we then had to find out, I probably want the biggest hills I've ever walked up in the whole of my life. I don't know if you've seen any films about San Francisco, but it ain't flat. Um, it, it's, it was like... I felt I was going on the moon landings. It literally was, it literally were virtually horizontal at some points. And, and we had to find the Golden Gate Park to find the Golden Gate Bridge. And, um, and the problem was we were a bit lost. Um, 
and we were trying to work out which direction we were going in. And if anybody's ever been anywhere with me, you know that I'm geographically challenged. I just cannot, cannot even remember where, where I've been or what I've looked at like two streets ago. It's, it's really, I'm not great with it at all. And so I trusted Russ and we just kept going and kept going and kept going. And we eventually got to somewhere called the Presidio, which is like a national park. So when I say national park, I'm not saying like at the end of your road, you've got a few swings and a slide. I'm talking a national park. It was huge. This place was huge. Um, uh, but we knew the bridge was at the other side. But we've got to go through this park, and you should have seen this hill. I'm, I'm not kidding. And there were signs. What did they say? Oh, beware of the coyotes. It was like wild coyotes on the run. I was saying to Russell, are you sure we've got to go through here? And he was like, yeah, no, and we couldn't go back. There was no point going back. But I was just honestly so exhausted. And we'd walked about seven or eight miles by this point, to the point where, I don't know if you like me, I just wasn't even talking anymore. Do you know, you just get to the point where you're just like, I can't even converse with you. We're not even, just, we need to get there. It was, it was one of those kind of moments. And we had to go through it. And we got to the top of the hill. And through these amazing trees, you're going to see a picture come up. Um, there in the background is the bridge. <laughs> That's like... Actually, Russ was supposed to take a photo of the bridge. No, he wasn't. That was like, that, that, was, that was the bridge. And we saw it. And I got my first sight of the bridge. And I've got to tell you, it was the best thing I'd ever seen in my life at that moment. Um, and I cannot tell you the surge of energy I got by just seeing that through the trees. Um, there's another two miles to go. And we were standing at the start of the Golden Gate Bridge. And I was elated, let me tell you. I was absolutely excited but what should have been four miles turned into 12. There's a spiritual point there. What should have been four miles turned into 12 and obviously we got the bus back because I wasn't going to avoid 24 miles for anybody. But it made me think about that verse in a different way. Because that verse says, come to me all all who are. So that says to me that tonight, that's me and you, no matter where you are in your world, no matter what's going on in your life, um, and however you feel tonight. But what stops this verse becoming a cliche and something we just say to people as a good thing, well-meaning thing to say? And what rest does Jesus actually promise? What is the rest that Jesus actually promises? Well, the rest of the verse says this, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So what am I supposed to be learning? What are you supposed to be learning? What can Jesus teach me about receiving rest? It's always a good thing to do is, if, is to maybe look at the verse before. Because it actually gives a clue about what Jesus is actually talking about. And he says this, All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus gives me rest by revealing the Father to me. But how does that work? Remember my moment of seeing the Golden Gate Bridge through the trees? I looked up from my trudging feet and I saw something which made all of that weariness suddenly disappear. Suddenly disappear. Strength was rising. Did my feet still ache? Of course they did. Did my legs ache the next day? Of course they did. Did I still have to keep walking? Yes, I did. But could this be what Jesus does? 
that in those times when our four miles have suddenly turned to 12, that we can overcome our weariness by having a glimpse of the Father. Because you know what? Maybe a glimpse is enough. When I feel I've got too much to do, when you feel you've got too much to do, when you're thinking, how on earth am I going to fit all this in? Jesus shows me that he will give me the grace I need by giving me a glimpse of the Father who gives it. When you feel you're in a tough situation, when you think, don't know how you're going to get through, when you think, how long is this going to go on? Jesus shows me the God who gives me wisdom through giving me a glimpse of the God who can provide it. Just a glimpse. And there's an invitation in that tonight. Because Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. Learn from me. What did Jesus do? He went and got a glimpse of his father. If you look through the scriptures, he had a rhythm to his life. And he always made sure he got a glimpse of the father. Did he still go to the cross? Of course he did. But in his lowest moment, he went to a solitary place and he got a glimpse of his dad. And the invitation is there tonight because Jesus is still saying, come to me. Draw me close, pull me in. Let me remember what it was that connected me to you in the first place. Are you feeling weary tonight? Do you feel you've got too much on your plate? Do you just don't know how long this season is going to go on for? Let's get a glimpse of the Father. And I'll invite the guys to come back. And we're going to pray for each other. Do you need that this evening? Before we do anything else, before we go anywhere else, before we hear anything else, do you need a glimpse of the Father? Will you still have to keep walking? You probably will. Will you still go home to the same circumstance? You probably will. But you can go with finding rest. With finding rest. So we're going to stand. I'm going to invite you as the guys just play, just to get into groups of four or five. And I want you to pray for each other. You don't have to share, be very vulnerable unless you want you choose to. But I just want to encourage us, let's get a glimpse of the Father where we need to get a glimpse of Him. Let that weariness lift. The ache that you feel. Let's get a glimpse of our Father through the trees of the world that we're working in, we're walking through. Maybe it's time to lift our heads. So I'm going to encourage you, we're going to pray. Father, just as we come to you now and we pray, Jesus, I pray that by the presence of your Holy Spirit, Father, where we need that. Father, would you show us a glimpse of our Father? Help us to be brave enough tonight, Lord God, to ask for what we need. Just come, Holy Spirit, I pray, and meet with us as we pray to you now. In Jesus' name. So guys, just get together and just start to pray. Thank you, Jesus.
great. We just saw firsthand, didn't we, there, the, the go and tell model. That was just incredible. And you know, you can go abroad, but it also happens on our doorstep, doesn't it? We get the opportunity to, to, to go and, and tell right here where we're placed. And you know, before we move on to that, and before I speak about, you know, the power um, of invitation, which is so important, I, I still want you to know this evening that God is inviting you still to come to him. You know, when you leave this building, you still have an invitation. When anxiety kicks in at bedtime this evening, you still have an invitation to come to him. And with that, there's, there is a, a response, isn't there? It's, it's an invitation that he gives us, but we have to respond to that. We have to take that on. And I want you to know, guys, tonight, whatever you're going through, it's not too late to respond. It's not too late to come to him. Jesus is always inviting us into a closer, deeper, more loving relationship with himself. You know, he cares about what you're going through and he wants to be involved in what you're going through. You know, before we move on, just eight weeks ago, you know, many of you know my youngest brother passed away and this is just two years after my dad passed away. You know, to say things have been rubbish lately is, is an understatement. And Leon and Alison, they've been incredible. The elders, the, the staff team, you guys, you know, you've been incredible during this time. And I want to thank you so much. You know, I'm not going to lie. It's been a struggle to pray during that time. But knowing I've had people praying for me has, has kept me going. And then one time in an elders meeting, and this is why I'm saying it's not too late to respond to that invitation. We were in an elders meeting and the elders took time to, to pray for me to pray over me. And it was then I felt the Holy Spirit. I felt God say to me, <laughs> I felt him say, Simon, I'm not the one silent here. You are. And I'm like, wow. And guys, that wasn't in a, a condemning way. That was in a loving, gentle, encouraging way saying, Simon, I I'm here. I want you to involve me. I want to walk this thing out with you. But that was my response. That was my invitation to take. And I want you to not go away here, do you know what I mean? Without responding and then not thinking that you can't respond after that. Don't stay silent this evening when God is giving you an invitation, as Jane put it so well, to come to him. He wants you to be involved. And I want you to know that Jesus always starts with an invitation to come to him. He will always invite you into a closer, deeper, loving relationship with him. But guys, you need to know that that is just the start. You see, it doesn't, it doesn't end there. You see, what happens then is they have to go and tell. The two go hand in hand. Come to me and go and tell. And here's where we can get this invitation thing a little wrong. Stay, stay with me here because I want to clear it up. You see, Jesus invites us. He's always inviting us into a relationship with him. Huh. And then he invites us, doesn't he, into uh, a relationship with others. Well, that's what we can think. And that is nice thinking. But I want to suggest that's wrong. Because Jesus doesn't invite us to share that relationship with others. With others. He commands us to. 
Matthew 28 and verse 18, you may know the passage of Scripture well. It says this, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, I think you'll agree there that that's not an invitation. You see, an invitation is is something you can turn down, isn't it? An invitation is something you can say no to. And as Christians, guys, we don't get to do that. You see, it's not an invitation. It's a command. Jesus commands us to go and tell. And then he says, teach people to obey everything I have commanded you. Just so you can't get out of saying, guys, it's not a command. It's there in the text. So he doesn't invite us to go. He commands us. And when we understand that, that one of our responses then is to invite people to come and see him. And guys, I want to say that the power of invitation is so important. The power of invitation is so important. And we all get to play a part in that. We all get to be involved. We all get to get in the game. And I want to tell a story this evening of that power of invitation and the difference an invitation can make. About 18 months ago, there was a, a lady that came to the church in, in Rowley. She came to check it out. She came to see what we were like before she invited the rest of the family. She came to see that we weren't weird. She must have caught us on a good day because we <laughs> usually are. <clears throat> and then she, um, she, she, she said, we're, we're fine. And then she came to Hales Owen and she checked out Hales Owen out. Uh, and then what she found out, she, she loved Hales Owen more than Raleigh. No, she had teenage kids and, and the youth work here was more established. And she came to Hales Owen and got plugged in. But then at Christmas time, like last year, um, she then invited her sister to come and do Alpha. Her sister came to do Alpha in the new year. Along with her husband, check this, the power of invitation, the, uh, the sister did Alpha with her and her husband. Guys, you can do that. You can do that. That's a power of imitation. She did it with them. The lady responded on Alpha. She made a decision, which was incredible. Husband didn't. A few months later, the lady got baptized. A few months after that, the husband responded to Jesus. This December, he's getting baptized. And then on this, you can wait for still more. And then on this... And then on this Alpha course, that lady has invited her daughter, who has also made a decision to follow Jesus. Guys, that is the power of invitation. And we all get to play a part in that. And we shouldn't be surprised uh, about that, because that is the power, of ta- uh, the power of invitation. And we shouldn't be surprised because there's a story in the Bible that you may know well, John 4, where... The woman is at the well, and Jesus gives her an incredible invitation. He goes out purposely looking for her that day. And if you read the story, she has this incredible encounter with Jesus. And as a result, she goes back. She runs to the people that she's been avoiding for a lifetime. And then she invites them. She says, come and see a man. Come and see a man. And then the Bible says, as a result of that, Many from that town believed in Jesus. Guys, I want that to be written about our town, don't you? 
here in Hales Owen, in Hagley, in Rowley, that many believed as a result of an invitation. Guys, I believe that that's possible. See, in the story, it's one woman who goes and invites. Guys, what would it look like if a whole army of us went and invited people? See, I believe many people from Hales Owen, from Hagley, from Rowley and beyond will come to know Jesus when we fully grasp the power uh, of invitation and, and put it into practice. And what I've come to learn is this. And notice these words, because Jesus saved me, he can save people like me. Because Jesus saved me, he can save people like me. It has to start though with recognizing what Jesus has done for us and never taking it for granted. As Jane said at the start, he died in our place. Never, guys, take that for granted. You see, because when you grasp that, you cannot be indifferent when Jesus has made a difference in your life. And here's the thing. It's often that I'm the best one to talk to the people who have experienced similar situations as me, similar circumstances as me. People that have been to prison, been in addiction, have brokenness, despair, and the list could go on and on. Because Jesus saved me, he can save people like me. I'm confident of that. And because Jesus saved you, he can save people like you. See, you are the best people to reach people like you. In your neighborhood, in your community, in your workplace, in your schools, in your colleges, in your family. And notice this. What if you've already been placed among people who already need Jesus? That's just a thought. And then while you're thinking, should that really motivate us to extend the invitation more? And tonight I'm not talking about sharing your faith because I know that can be, a, I'm taking that subject off the table because that can be hard for many of us and we struggle with that. But I am talking about an invitation to simply come and see. So because at this church we exist to help people find and follow Jesus. Every Sunday, guys, is an opportunity to invite people who are far from God. And you well know the Christmas season is upon us and it's another amazing opportunity and I want you to know that most people are open to try church at Christmas time and our Christmas production is just guys just five weeks away <laughs> Leon sweating there so who will you invite seriously who will you invite I want you to know that we will provide moments we'll provide wow moments we will also provide where people get to see Jesus for who he really is. Guys, that's a guarantee. And I want you to know that this is not about just seeing this church full. I'm not saying that. Actually, I am. Because it is about seeing the church full. I want to see the church absolutely full of people who don't know Jesus. And guys, that is only going to happen if we go and invite. Jesus believes you're the best people to reach the people where he's placed you. I want you to know that people are going to say no to you. And that's okay. That's okay. But guys, let's not say no for them by not inviting them. And if they do say no, with all love, get over it and move on. Invite someone else. Seriously. 
You know, if I was to focus on everyone that said no to me as I share my faith, it would possibly stop me in my tracks. But I don't. I focus on the people that say yes. And here's the thing. The more people you invite might just be the more people that say yes. And when they do, guys, that can change everything. Not just for them, but for others they are in a relationship with. I want to finish. I want to invite the band to come back up if that's okay. I want to finish with a, a text that I got yesterday, which was great time, and you love it when God does stuff like that. And remember, earlier in the year, I had an incredible encounter with uh, an AA uh, vehicle, breakdown repairman. I've been in contact with that guy, and he's been continuing to, to, to go to church, which, just, which is just incredible. He was the guy that gave his life to Jesus in a service station, um, in, in Warwick's service station. And, and he says this, he said this yesterday, I got this, which is just incredible. Hi, Simon. I hope you and your family are well. I wanted to let you know that my wife gave her, gave her life to Jesus in church this Sunday. She's been coming to the church with me since I invited her to my baptism. We are a totally different family now as, as we are, oh, sorry, we are totally different as a family now because of the hope we have in Jesus. That was something you shared passionately when we first met. We love the church that we're now in, says something else. And I thank God for meeting you that day. I'm sorry I couldn't fix the car, but something far bigger that day got fixed. Hear those words. I really wanted to let you know this too, and, and there was some trouble, and, and I shared that. Your daughter's similar age and that. I'm speaking to my ex-partner again. And she let me have contact with my daughters. God really answers prayers. I was dreading Christmas. Now I can't wait for it. Guys, the power of invitation is limitless when we fully grasp it. I want to encourage you tonight. Who are you going to invite? Who are you thinking of inviting? Who are you praying for? Man, you are the best people to reach. The people where God has placed you. Could we stand? going to pray pray this evening for that is that okay you can do it in twos you can do it in threes you can do it on your own I don't really care as long as you pray because it's as we invite Jesus in as well he will do more than we can ask or imagine but before we do any of that just pause for a second allow God to ah, allow God to speak to you know that you already have that invitation to come to him that's where it starts, guys. God wants to meet your needs and heal you and restore you. God is putting me back together and I'm thankful for that. So pause and pray and think about people that you know who don't know Jesus. Friends, family, work colleagues. Pray for boldness. Pray for opportunity. I pray for hope. Pray for the communities of Hales Owen, Hagley and Rowley. Guys, pray that this will be our best Christmas yet as a result of our invitation. And that many, many, many people would believe.